welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Well, I'll ask it one more time. Who's, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Praise God. Well, good. If you have your Bibles, open them to Daniel chapter 7. And if you haven't been here uh, before or haven't been here the last couple months, I've been continuing in a series called Marked. The Bible through the prophet Ezekiel, he tells him, he says, I want you to go throughout the sanctuary. And I want you to put a mark on the people of God that, that grieve or, or um, are upset over the repulsive acts of their nation. And so we've been going through the Word and looking at some things of what calls us to be a marked people. And before I get started this morning, there, there's people that, you know, I've gotten crazy emails and people have said stuff on YouTube and I've ran into people before and said, you know, I, I, when I go to church, I don't want to hear anything about politics. Well, I, and, and I know they've accused pastor of it before. But can I tell you this? The word politics actually in the Greek means policia and it means policy. Meaning this, that when we get off of policy, it's important for us as people, men and women of God, because this morning I'm going to talk about the coming of the Antichrist that's coming, and already the spirit of Antichrist is in the earth today, and I believe the Antichrist is born, he's making efforts right now. But the Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says that there is a great restraint that is on the earth keeping it back. And so I'll tell you right now, I believe us as the people of God and the church of the living God is the restraint today keeping the Antichrist back. Well, pastor, this is prophecy being fulfilled, yes, but he still has given us a mandate through his word to stand up against unrighteous things that are happening in the earth. And so I'm just calling things to order. And so I I believe with all my heart, like when a guy walks out of the gym, except for Planet Fitness, because they, they have pizza on Fridays. That's why I joined. But when a guy walks out of the gym, I'm just kidding. When a guy walks out of the gym, you can tell that he's been there if he's a little bit swollen and spent some time in there. You can tell that they are marked because of the, their, their structure of how, how they look, right? I can see some people that are fit, you know, that, that are built like, a, you know, a brick wall. And I can tell that they've, I've, in fact, I interviewed the mayor on uh on Thursday, and I, I I talked about how how fit he was, and asked him how you know what his regiment was and all that. See, I knew that by his outward appearance. How many times he's gone to the gym, I could see it because he was marked by it. How I many all know it? It's important for us as people of God that when we leave here, that it's not just a place where we just met, but we leave here and we are up to date. Because we have read the word of God, and we are marked through his word, and we know what the end looks like, and we know that we've won the crown. Amen? And so it's so important. And, and, and man, I just, I feel like this morning God's going to do something in your heart. This is never to scare, but this is to prepare. And as I was preparing for this, I was reminded of this little boy who was out uh, in a church foyer. And he was looking at this plaque, and it had an American flag on both sides, and it was a list of men. The pastor walked up to him and said, young man, what are you looking at? And he said, I'm looking at this plaque. And he said, what, what, what's on the plaque? He said, I don't know. I can't read. And he said, well, I'll tell you what it is. These are the men and women that here at this church we have prayed for, and these are the list of people that over the years, hundreds of years, men and women that have lost their life uh, in service. They have died in the service. And he went, oh. He said, why, why are you scared, young man? He said, well, I just got to know. Was it the 9 or 1045 service? 
So, if you have somebody die in church this morning, just wake them up by the Spirit of God. Amen? Today, I'm going to open your eyes to some things, introduction of the Antichrist. And those of you that were here last week in Daniel chapter 6, I told the story that many of us know of Daniel in the lion's den. And uh, he said in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 28, it says, So this man Daniel prospered and enjoyed success in the region of Darius in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. How many of y'all have learned something through the story of Daniel? Raise your hand if, if, if your life's been changed. One of the things I see of being a marked people is this, is Hosea 4, 6. He said, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And I believe if you lean in today, there's something through the word of God that you'll get through this text today uh, in this scripture. So we see that this was the conclusion of his life and of his ministry. But also too in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, and Daniel remained there until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus of Babylon. Now this was at the end of the 20-year exile of Judah in Babylonia, as foretold by the prophet Jeremiah. So you need to know in your scripture, you need to know in your Bibles this. In Daniel, the first six chapters of Daniel is autobiography of his life, of how they came and took them in Daniel chapter 1, and how uh, we talked about all of the things that are a parallel from Daniel's life into what's happening today. But it's autobiography of all the events that happen in him. He's now 83 years old at the end of his life. He served under three different kings that we see in the Word. Historians tell us that it might have been four. But in the first six chapters, it speaks mainly of the story of Daniel and his personality or things he went through personally. But then we get into the final six chapters of Daniel, and they're not an autobiography history, but it's incredible prophecy and foretelling the future events that are going to take place. And they deal with all kinds of things that I believe that are not only just happening today, but it will be beyond any of our lifetime. Uh, in Daniel's day, these were future events, obviously, but from our perspective, many of them have already come to pass. And so you need to know Daniel chapter 1 through 6, it's a historical narrative. And then we see in Daniel chapter 7 through 12, it's a prophetic journal, things that have not been fulfilled. I learned this in Bible school years ago, 20 years ago, that the book of Daniel is the little revelation of the Bible. We have, those of you that have been coming on Wednesday night through Bible school, we've been studying the book of Revelation, and it's so important. We're in the church age right now, and Pastor Robert went down some rabbit trails that were so good on Wednesday night that I, I thir so thoroughly enjo enjoyed. But aren't you thankful that you serve a God that gave you the details from the beginning to the very end? Right? He doesn't leave us in the dark and things. And so the book of Daniel is like the little revelation of the Bible. In Daniel chapter 7 and verses through 12, you also need to know this, that it's not in a chronological order just like your Old Testament isn't. And, and uh, these chapters are so intense in chapter 7 through 12. They're so intense and dramatic that it makes him physically ill at times. As I was reading Again, in Daniel uh, 7 and 8 last night, but in 8.27, he said, And I, Daniel, was exhausted and was sick for several days. Afterward, I got up and continued with the king's business, but I was astounded at the vision, and there was no one who could explain it. And I want to tell you, you might leave here today like, OMG, things are, are hitting the fan, and it's only going to get worse. I want you to see something here. Daniel felt the same thing, but he continued with the king's business. How many of y'all know 
This is not to scare, this is to prepare. But Jesus also told us in the book of Luke, he said, be about my father's business until the day of my return. And so we as a people of God still got to prepare to help people. We still have to be about his business until the very time he comes. We can't be in a bunker somewhere, max out credit cards, and act like a moron. We've got to be smart and vigilant and prepared because the enemy roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if you're not careful, he will take you out in the midnight hour. But I'm here to tell you we serve a God of grace and mercy, and you cry out to him today. He'll save you right there where you are. Didn't mean to preach, but oh well. So in Daniel chapter 7 and 8, where we are today, I'm going to prepare. He talks about the new world order. Politicians are not just talking about this by happenstance. These people are prepared. This is nothing new. God prophesied this through Daniel from the beginning, from the very beginning. There is an antichrist that is coming. We see it in 2 Thessalonians and 1 John in the book of Revelation. So if you would go with me through Daniel chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 1. And this is what it said. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and vision appeared in his mind as he lay on his bed. Then he wrote the dream down and related a summary of it. So in verse 1, I'm going to kind of give you some commentary through all of these. And then at the end, just kind of share some things about the Antichrist as an introduction. So in verse 1, We see here that chapter 7 and 8 actually take place between chapters 4 and 5, those of you that have been in this study with us. In chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, and it humbles him uh, for seven years before, and, and it humbles him to a place that he's actually, the Bible says, like he is a cow in the field eating grass like someone in the modern day having bath salts, going crazy. Seven years before he's restored. But in chapter 5, the kingdom was taken from Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Belshazzar. So here, we see in verse 1, Belshazzar had just come into power, and it was at this time that Daniel has this dream. I'm just showing you this because it's not in chronological order. Then we get to verse 2, and it says, Daniel said, I saw my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. We talk about this great sea just for a second. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 15. It says, and the angel said to me, all of these have meaning, but I don't have time to go into that. But it says, the waters that you just saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and language. So through this scripture and through verse 2 right here, we see this. The great sea refers to the nations of the world. So out of the nations of the world, there is four beasts that will arise. Verse 3, it says, And four great beasts, each different from the other, were coming up out of the sea. The first, the Babylonian empire under Nebuchadnezzar, was like a lion, and the wings of an eagle. I kept looking until the wings were plucked. Everybody say plucked. And it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on the two feet like a, a man, a human mind, Was given it. The lion with eagle's wings speaks of the Babylonians. And if you remember the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had in chapter 2, this is referring to the head of gold. And actually, in chapter 3, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have to bow down when the music is played to the image of gold, this is what it's referring to. And archaeological discoveries verify that the national emblem of Babylon was a lion with wings. 
The, the wings were plucked off of the lion, and it was given the heart of a man. So this speaks of what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Because of the pride of his heart, God humbled him, and became, he became beastly. Remember that? When he turned to the Lord, however, he was given a new heart, and he stood on his feet once again. Once again, I want to thank God for his grace and his mercy. It don't matter how long you've been out there being a fool on your own. God's always there with open arms to put a coat on your back and a ring on your finger and welcome you into the kingdom of God. So then we go to verse 5, and it said, Behold, another beast, a second one, the Medo-Persian Empire, was like a bear. And it was raised up on one side, domain, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devour much meat. The bear speaks, obviously, of the Medo-Persian Empire and, again, of Nebuchadnezzar's dream in chapter 2 of the arms of silver. With an army, historians tell us there was an army of two and a half million men. The Medes and Persians lumbered along like a bear, like a grizzly. The three ribs speak of the three empires immediately devoured by the Medes and Persians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, and the Lydians. Verse 6, it says, After this, I kept looking, and behold, another one, the Greek empire of Alexander the Great, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings like those of a bird. The beast also had four heads. Alexander's generals, his successors, the power to rule was given to it. You know what this means? Neither did I. I'm going to tell you. Verse 6, the leopard speaks of the Greeks and is synonymous with the belly of brass that we see in chapter 2 in Nebuchadnezzar's dream as well. Historians tell us with only 35,000 troops, Alexander the Great could strike quickly and was brilliant in his strategy of doing things. The four heads represent the four generals who took over his empire after his death. I've, I've read books on Alexander the Great. What a, what, he was amazing. Verse 7, after this I kept looking at the night visions, and behold, I saw a fourth beast. Pay attention to this one. The Roman Empire, terrible and extremely strong. And it had huge iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that came before it. And it had ten horns, ten kings. The fourth beast, beast speaks of the Roman Empire. And it's synonymous again to chapter 2 with the legs of iron. Out of it we see ten horns. And this is the same in Daniel 2 where he talks about the ten toes. The horns and the toes speak of a confederation of ten different nations coming out of the old Roman Empire. In verse 8, it says, While I was considering the horns, behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one. And three of the first horns were pulled up by the roots before it. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and mouth boasting of great things. You may know this because you've studied this before, heard me allude to this in, in our time of Facebook Lives. I did a whole deal on the Antichrist. But the little horn is the Antichrist. And although there will be some kind of power struggle, he takes control of ten of a ten-nation confederation. How? From a human perspective, he will be incredible. With the intellect, I, I saw some commentary of this, and I thought it was so good that I, I, had, to, I had to use this. With the intellect of Thomas Jefferson, the leadership skills of Lincoln, the global strategy of Nixon, the oral skills of Churchill or Obama, the iron fist of Joseph Stalin, 
the charisma of Kennedy, and he will be humanly impressive. In other words, when the Antichrist shows up, he won't be wearing a black cape and twirling his mustache. He will draw people to him like a magnet. Seven of the nations will immediately say, lead us. Three will resist right away, but they will be overtaken ultimately. Now we'll go with me in verse 21 through 28, and then I'm going to share some, some thoughts with you this morning. As I kept looking, he begins to describe his dream even more. As I kept looking, the horn was making war with the saints and overpowering them. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints. I'm y'all thankful for the ancient of days of the Most High. And time arrived, and the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Thus the angel said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which will be different from all other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings will arise, and another will arise after them, and he will be different from the former ones, and he will subdue three kings. He will speak words against the Most High and wear down the saints of the Most High, and he will intend to change the times and the law. I'm telling you, there's a spirit of Antichrist already in the earth today. He will intend to change the times and the law. I actually watched a video the other day of some woke person saying this, talking about transgender. It's like whatever you want to be, you can be. It doesn't matter if things stick out or things stay tucked in. He said, she, she was on there and she said this. This was a trans man and she, she or whatever, was, was saying, two plus two doesn't equal four. It can equal whatever you want it to be. How many of you know there is a law that states two and two equal four? I'm just, that's one of many things that are in the earth, and they will intend to change the times and the law. I'm just telling you, there's a spirit of Antichrist. You come next week, I'm going to point these things out. And they will be given into his hand for a time, times and a half time, three and one half year. But the court will sit in judgment, and his domination will be taken away, consumed, and to be destroyed forever. Verse 27. Then the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints Woo! of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. You know what? I, I wanted to point this out this morning. People leave out the fact that the Lord is the only one who can bring peace. Let me say that one more time, talking about Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. But he is the only one who can bring peace. Man's attempt at government are animal-like at best. What does an animal do? He angers easily. He guards his territory ferociously. He sheds blood without even thinking about it. You never see a group of bears marching in the woods to save a rabbit. What do animals do? What, what do beasts want? They get, they go after. They take whatever they can get. They expand their territory whenever possible. That's how, why God sees these empires as animals. It's a person, not a program that will bring peace. I'll say that one more time for the people in the back. Y'all need to wake up this morning. It's a person, not a program that will bring peace on this earth. Amen? Amen. 
Man does not have the ability to rule himself. He's sinful and corrupt. He's sinful and corrupt to the core, is what the Bible says. But the ancient of days is coming, and a kingdom that is right and beautiful, true and equitable, will follow. Verse twenty-eight. This is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my waking thoughts were extremely troubling and alarming, and my face grew pale. But I kept the matter to myself. When he saw world history. From God's perspective, Daniel was troubled, but he kept the matter in his heart because in his heart, he knew that the battle was already won and the race has already been run. So real quick this morning through Daniel chapter 7, I gave you already a, a literal translation of what it meant during that time of Daniel. I believe he saw those things, but also too prophetically, he was looking into the future and I believe today these four beasts mean something different than just the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greeks, and, and so on and so forth. But I want you to look at these four beasts. It says, like a lion, like a bear, like a leopard, and like a beast. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 17, it says, these four great beasts are four kings who will arise from the earth. I want you to think about this in this perspective. The first one talks about a lion with eagle's wings. Well, you have to look in today's time, starting back from the 15th century, that there is a nation on this earth, that their symbolism is a lion on its back feet. Great Britain, England. Think about it in this context because it says it has a lion with eagle's wings. What do the eagle's wings represent? Well, there's only one nation that has the symbolism of an eagle, and it's the United States of America. So go with me here. I want you to think about this. He's seeing into the future of different seasons of four different empires. In 1776, the eagle's wings were plucked off the lion of Great Britain. Aren't you thankful for freedom? The next one, he talks about the bear, and I believe this is present-day modern, to talk about the Rus, Russia. Dating back to the 16th century, they're known as the bear. Through the Soviet Empire and even Russian Empire today, under the, the rule of Putin, it is known as the bear. The third one is the leopard. Now, there's many, there's many commentary, but also, to what I learned from Bible school I believe this. It's a leopard with four heads. It's something, it could Central Asia or Middle East Alliance of Islamic States. You could believe it in that way, but I believe the best one to describe it. Now, don't you can take this with a grain of salt, and I don't even claim to be a theologian. And in fact, I will tell you right now, there are things in Daniel and Ezekiel that are way over my pay grade. I promise you. But as I've studied this out, I believe, and, and you can look at um, Afghanistan has the leopard as a national symbol, uh, Pakistan, and these are two terrible places, but it says four different heads. I believe the one that makes the most sense is the country of Germany. Germany, he's looking into the future. Think about it. Germany has been a powerhouse for a long time. When it separated from the Roman Empire, that would be the first head. The, the second head, the third head, the fourth head, or the third head being uh, when Adolf Hitler was in charge of them in, in World War II, they were a powerhouse. I believe all of us would agree. And even as they are today, it may be silent, but I think you still need to look at Germany because they could rise up at any time. 
The beast with ten horns. This is the one you really need to pay attention to. The beast with ten horns. It tells us of a ten-nation European confederation, what we see as a new world order. In Revelation chapter 13, 1 through 6, it gives, it gives us a clue into what he's talking about right here. It says, And the dragon stood in the, on the sand of the seashore. Then I saw a beast. He's talking about the Antichrist. Coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads. And on his horns were ten diadems, and on his head were blasphemous names. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard. First, beast was like a leopard, and his feet were those of a bear, and his mouth was that of a lion. Now, pay attention here. As I was reading through this and begin to study this, that opened my eyes because we just read in Daniel chapter 7 these four different beasts. But in Revelation chapter 13, we see them the same beast, but they're in a different order. And I believe the Spirit of God dropped something in me. It's because Daniel was seeing something into the future where the Apostle John was seeing things as that day have already happened. Are you seeing this? And so it says, And the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying, Who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him? There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and, and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. And he opened his mouth and blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. That is those who dwell in heaven. Pay attention right here now with me. The new world order, when fully grown, I believe this, the West, which is us, will, will unite with the East. And it will happen under the banner of socialism for 42 months. Revelation 13, 5, through, uh, I believe it's going to happen through the United Nations. This is the final dreadful beast that the Antichrist will rule. Europe right now is being prepared to choose between Islamic invaders and terrorists or Russia. I believe that. Both radical Islam and Russia are evil, but they will choose what they deem to be the lesser of the two evils. They will either choose Russia to help push back radical Islam. Revelation 13.1 says a single beast will rise up having seven heads. That tells me the lion, the bear, the leopard beast, which historically may have been in opposition to one another, will unite to create an antichrist kingdom. The final dreadful beast, in other words, the United Kingdom, the European Union, and Russia will unite for a short time with the newly revised United Nation. You may think that I'm crazy. No, this is just, this is the word of God. And can I tell you, even Putin in March of this year, he said with his own words, these are just steps closer for us to get to a new world order. Joe Biden in 2022, he said this, there's going to be, I quote, there's going to be a new world order out there and we've got to be the ones who lead it. 2009, U.S. President Barack Obama outlined his vision of a new world order in which the U.S. would participate fully in a United Nations meeting in New York. 
Well, Pastor, I just looking right now, how could this happen? Well, here's one. Borders. Aren't you thankful you came to church this morning? This is prophecy being fulfilled this morning. I'm, I hope I'm giving you those warm, fuzzy feelings on the inside. Borders. I'm telling you, all over. In fact, I, I alluded to this in, in first service. There was people on high alert, not only because it was Friday the 13th in October, but also to the leader of Hamas who is, uh, who is attacking Israel right now. He put it out on all kinds of social media uh, formats saying this, if you are of Muslim faith... You ought to raise hell wherever you are throughout the world. People are on high alert for that. Now, I don't know of anything that happened, but my whole point is this. Especially, I would hate to live in a woke city right now where guns and bullets have been taken away because there is borders. We know this for a fact. You can see on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, Newsmax, that by the thousands, there is peoples of all nationalities coming in, not into only our borders, but borders all over the world. We've got to have borders. Hillary Clinton said this, my dream, when she was running for president, she said, is a hemispheric common market with open borders sometime in the future. How many of y'all know this mentality is not only stupid, but it's wrong? And they'll say this, well, he's a racist and he's walking in love. No, we're walking in wisdom and we're going to be the restraint, the resistance. Call me Luke Skywalker, but I'm going to push back against evil coming into my city and against my family. Amen. I'm sharpening my lightsaber tonight. If you can do that, I don't know. But I want you to think about this. Think about all the kids that you know that were raised in a good home that they went to a woke university and they came back being a moron. Are you telling, I'm not saying that hateful, I shouldn't have said it that way, but they came back totally against, why? Because they, they went over into another world. Are you seeing what I'm saying? California, Colorado, when we moved there in the 90s, people were, were complaining about Californians coming in. Why? Because they were bringing their views with them. Colorado used to be a very conservative place. Now it's lost its ever-living mind. Just saying. But it is still a pretty place. Go Broncos. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 8. It says, while I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little one, came up among them. And three of the first horns were pulled out of the roots before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth uttering great boast. For the next couple of moments, I want to talk to you about the Antichrist. I believe this. You could, you could totally take this wrong. I was going to say you can throw the baby out with the bathwater, but my wife doesn't understand. She says, when you say stuff like that, that is violent. And nobody knows what you mean. And so I'm not, I'm not going to say this, but you can, you can take the bits and pieces of this that you want from this. But I truly believe that the Antichrist is born and in the earth today. I believe that. Because what is the Antichrist? It's anti-God is what it is. This fight that is in Israel, the fight that happened in World War II, there is always going to be heat against the Israelis as long as there is another God being served in the world. Because we believe this, they are God's chosen people. We know this, they're God's chosen people. 
I've said this before, that Israel is the nation that God chose and U.S. is the nation that chose God. And we're not here to judge whether which ones are serving God or not. We just know this, that, that Israel is the apple of God's eye and we are to back them and to pray for them, send money to them, give to them. We know that with all of our heart. And so with this war going on, it's the fact that this, that the Muslims or the Palestinians or the, the Hamas are against the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's all it is. All right? And so the Antichrist, we can see it in Scripture, is the beast, the man of sin, the lawless one, whatever, and we're going to go into that in detail next week. But today I want to give you three things, and then I'll be done. I'm going to talk about the Antichrist. I want to talk first about his assignment. His assignment on this earth is to rule the world and establish peace under his leadership. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 2 and 3, it says, For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. In fact, Matthew 24 says that people will be in doing business because God told us to be about his business until his return. People will be doing business when he comes. And it says, while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly with labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. So to rule the world and establish peace, we know this, that he's going to be saying peace and safety. Revelation 6 through chapter 6 through 19 talks about this. But think about it. Just Israel is an example. They've been weekend wars. They've been two-week-long wars. There's been month-long wars ever since I was a little kid in Israel. But there is going to be, I believe this right now, it's worse than it's ever been. When you line up toddlers and chop them off heads with swords... How many of you know you've crossed the line? In fact, I don't even know if you call it a war when you have terrorists going up against innocent people without anything to defend themselves. So think about this. People will come to a place where they are war-weary, they're battle-fatigued, they're sick of rockets coming to them and rockets sending back to the other guys. They're going to come to a place that they will do anything, anything, I will do anything for peace at any cost. Part of his peace plan will include making Jerusalem a central place of worship again for the Jews. Now, you need to know what's happening in the earth today. When they became a nation, what year was that, Pastor Robert? 47, 1947, when they became a nation. 48. When they became a nation, the prime minister at that time made a deal with the Palestinians in Jordan, made a peace treaty saying up on the Temple Mount there, where Jesus come back, so the Mount of Olives, that that can be a place where the Muslims can have. It's the most terrible thing that ever happened in the, in the country of Israel. But up there right now, in fact, it's the Dome of the Rock. There is a, there's a, a Muslim temple there. There's another temple there. But there is a place where the Temple of David sat at one time. And can I tell you, this is not my experience, but I have many friends that have been there before. They are getting ready right now. They have the marble. They have everything in place to build the temple of David again. And in Daniel chapter 9, he will initiate. We'll talk about this. But he will initiate a seven-year peace treaty, bringing the Jews and the Muslims together to build another temple. Can I tell you, it's, I'm telling you, it's ready to go right now. All the articles are there. The priestly garments are there. There's five red heifers that have been state from the, sent from the great state of Texas. According to the, 
the book of Numbers that has to take place, two red heifers that they picked from the five, they're there right now. Hopefully they didn't get bombed. And Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27, and he will make a firm covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and and grain offering. And on the wing of abominations, everybody say abominations, will come one who makes desolate. Everybody say desolate. Even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed is poured out on one who makes desolate. Jesus even referred to this in Daniel 9. He said, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand that those who are are in Judea must flee to the mountains because the Antichrist is here. When he goes into the temple and claims to be God, what he's wanting is this, is the worship of other people. So the first one was his assignment. The second one is his intention, is to be worshipped as God. This is the ambition of Satan who empowers him. It's what the devil has always wanted from the book of Ezekiel when the devil was kicked out of heaven. The thing that he's wanted from that point on was to be God. And how many of you know there is only one king of kings and there is only one lord of lords? And because of jealousy, he's creeped into our hearts. And can I tell you right now, there's a spirit of, there's a spirit of Babylon, but there's a spirit of the Antichrist in the earth today. There's people not in church because today, right now, because they have other gods before them. I'm just being honest with you. This didn't happen 50 years ago. The spirit of Antichrist is in the earth today. I'll stop right there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, he said, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness, which is the Antichrist, is revealed the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. So I've talked to you about his mission I talk to you about his intentions. The third one is this. I want to talk to you about his fall or his damnation. The Bible's very clear that he will be taken captive and cast into the lake of fire, and the kingdom of our Lord will reign forever and ever. In Daniel chapter 7, in verse 11, it says, Then I kept looking because of the sound of the great and boastful words which the horn was speaking. And I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to be burned with fire. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, Then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring an end by the appearance of his coming. How many of y'all learned something this morning? Why don't you stand to your feet? Because I'm going to read one last thing to you. And you're going to be able to get to Golden Corral before the Baptist. I want to remind you of something at the very end of the book. How many of y'all know it's important for us during this time not to be scared, to be, be prepared? But I'll tell you, if your heart's not right with Christ, you ought to be scared. Just being honest, just being real, and I say that in love. 
But this is to prepare you. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11, it says this. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. And on his robe, I'm going to skip to verse 16. And on his robe and on his high thigh, on his thigh, he has a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. If you want to get excited, get excited. Swear to God. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. But in verse 20, and the beast was seized and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast. Come on, I've been talking to you about, guys about a mark. You can either take the mark of heaven or you can take the mark of the beast. There is going to be a time, and I'm telling you, I believe, I know this. I, I believe that we as the church, those that have their hearts right with Christ, there will be a rapture or a taking away in the blink of an eye. When the trumpet sounds, I saw a video this last week, and it was, it was cops and like gunfire happening. This guy was reading his Bible. Boom, 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 boom. He just kept reading his Bible. And the caption said this, there is only one sound that Christians are worried about. Had the national alert. Y'all remember when we all came zombies last week on Wednesday? It had all these different sounds. It had the alarm of like tornadoes. And the last one was... I do a pretty good show far, don't I? How many of y'all know... Those of us that are believers and read the end of the book, we're not afraid of any other sound that's happening in the world today because we've read the end and we know that we will win. And we're just waiting for the sound. So I'm just here to tell you, if you are left here, make sure that you get your heart right with Christ and you figure out where some of these um, people like the Divinis live because they're going to left you with a lot of food and a lot of bullets. <laughs> and maybe the Left Behind DVD series. Praise the Lord. All right? And the beast was seized, and with him false prophets who performed the signs in, in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown in the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. Here's the last one. I know this is a lot of word this morning. I can't help it. I love the Word of God, but I'm going to share with you what Daniel saw too as well in our text today. He said, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, on the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him the Messiah was given dominion, supreme authority, glory, and a kingdom that all the people's nations and speakers of every language should serve and worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will never be destroyed. Come on. Amen. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hope you leave here with good news. We may be at the end, but can I tell you, 
if your heart's right with God, this is the worst it's going to get today. It's only going to get better. But if your heart's not right with God, this is the best it's going to get. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.